Hey everyone, welcome to the Health Focus Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing Coach Owen Lacey. Owen is one of the directors in the Irish Strength Institute, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about all things cellular health related. We're going to be talking about how healthy cells make healthy hormones, which make healthy humans, and we're going to be talking about the approach Owen takes when seeing a client in the ISI Nutritional Clinic, the sort of tests that we use, and the approach that he takes with each individual client. There is going to be a lot of topics covered in this podcast, so highly suggest you got a pen and paper. And on that note, let's get straight into the podcast. Owen, you're finally on the podcast. You've been uh, pestering me, saying you wanted to come on, you wanted to come on, so you're finally here. So uh, for any of the listeners that haven't heard of you, that'd be, that's a bit mad, but uh, who are you? What do you do? First of all, I wasn't <laughs> pestering you to be on this podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> So other people actually had me as their first podcast guest. Oh, interesting. You know, so Dan obviously recognizes a leading expert. But for you, you go to see Dr. Serrano, you see Fanula, you see Umaro, you see Janice, and then when you're left with nobody else to pick, you know, you pick me. So <laughs> I feel honored in, in some small way. So the question is, who am I? Yeah, well, and um, how have you got to the point where you are today? So um, my name is Owen Lacey, I'm a, I'm a, what am I? I? I now call myself a performance consultant. So I, I help people who are looking to improve their health, whether it be from an executive point of view, from a fertility point of view, from a skin, from an energy, if it's weight loss, if it's muscle gain. I did a lot of work with athletes and still do a lot of work with athletes. I just find that if you're a trainer and all you have is a hammer, everything is a nail. So for me, I try to look at different avenues to help people. Um, and the reason why I've, I've gone down this path they say that an expert in the field is someone who has made the most amount of mistakes and I for sure have. So luckily enough when I started my career I was training football teams, Gaelic teams, rugby teams as a fitness coach full time and then in college studying uh, fitness and leisure management and I thought the goal was to, to manage a gym. I was lucky enough to get a job actually the day I enrolled in college it was during obviously uh, 1996 I enrolled in college I got accepted, so I said, might as well just go to the gym. So I, I rocked up to Total Fitness in Clare Hall, and I said, I've um, been accepted into a fitness course. I was wondering if there's any job available. And I got a job as a leisure attendant. So okay. for those of you who don't know, don't know what that is, that is a cleaner that works in a gym, but they call it a leisure attendant. Okay. So I was putting dumbbells away and teaching kids classes at 16. Um, but it was a great eye-opener for me, realizing how to be involved in the management of a gym. I stayed there for many years and then went down to Westwood and Clontarf when that opened. And when you're dealing with so many, like group fitness and commercial gyms, Robbie, they're just so different. They're different in so many different ways. All they care about is their, their membership number. It's a, what we call an attrition rate, how many clients leave and how many clients come in. And I think it's just, it's too straightforward. It's too simplistic of an approach and I don't feel it's, it's the best delivery of fitness, nutrition and health that can be um, given out to people. From there, I went off to study uh, physical therapy, enrolled in that, and then I went off, realized that it, it's just, it's not about fitness all the time. It can be largely about nutrition, it can be largely about lifestyle. I was lucky enough then to, to link up with John Connor and Charles Pollock, and, and I went through his certification. Back then, there wasn't a certification, so myself and John, one of the things that we, we did very well together is we, we formulated his content. So Charles would teach a seminar, it was, would be level one, and then he'd teach another level one and it'd be completely different content. So what we did was we, we helped Charles to standardize the syllabus of the PACP program. Um, and with that sort of 
assistance to him. He took us on board as the educational team and we, we travelled all over the world with him for, for many years. So I was blessed enough to, to learn from Charles. Many, I learned many things. One of the things I learned from is not only his, his, his uh, corrections or stuff that he's doing very well, but also his mistakes and areas that, that I could obviously hopefully not go down the same road. When it comes to some business things and some, you know, some broad in the field of exercise, Charles's methods are although phenomenal and very effective for a lot of people. They're very sometimes they pigeonhole people. Strength training and strength and conditioning is a is a vast field. You know, the CrossFit would just show you the different levels of exercise prescription that are out there. And so yeah, that's it. And then we formulated the ISI two thousand four, and then it's been a constant evolution from there with education with. with you know, growing the team, growing the centres, any gym you walk into, any of our OSI gyms you walk into, it's it's built for our clients, it's built for the market, it's built for their goals, and everything that we do is around the individual client that we have. There's no, you know, cookie cutter approach, there's no standard method, and, and any client, it, we're, we're very unique on what we do, and we don't do that for to, to be unique, we do that to, to deliver a service to the clientele that come in. So there's no set menu. We have yeah. we have methods, we have, obviously, you know, we have the ethos, but, our goal is to deliver results with our clients in a manner that suits their time scale, their finances, you know, their health position. Yeah, so that's 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 me in a nutshell. So yeah. Okay, so let, let's talk about that as well. When a client comes to see you know myself, yourself in the OSI, what really makes you know our consultation different than any other gym? Because you know, obviously calories are important, the food you eat is important, your training program is important, but essentially like what what makes your consultation any different than anyone else's well the reason why my consultation are different is it's not about me and it's never yeah. about me and that's one thing i think sometimes with nutritionists or coaches or functional medicine doctors what they do is they, they listen to a client for the length of time until they can diagnose or put their symptoms into their pigeonholes so you go into a doctor i'm not I, by any means putting down doctors but you go in to see a doctor and your symptoms are linked to a medication so he listens to you or she listens to you, identifies what sort of symptom you have and then what sort of drug will treat that. But when someone comes in to see me, I just listen. I listen and, and, and what I talk a lot about, and I've said this many times, we call it the, the health timeline. So when someone comes in to me today, someone comes in to me today, I am as interested in the journey they've had before they've come to see me as I am about them right now. So how many kids they've had. Women, Irish women are absolutely terrible. Actually, I'm gonna say women in general, they never look after themselves. They never look after themselves. They wait till their leg has fallen off. They wait till their libido is in the toilet, they've weight gain, they've brain fog, they fatigue for years before they do something about it. So when someone comes to see me, I listen first of all. I listen first and foremost. I ask them what they want me to do for them. How can I help them? And then we totally investigate what's going on in their lifestyle, what life they've lived before they come here. For example, if you're going to go buy a car, it's like doing a car check. When someone comes into you here right now, well, what sort of you know battery life have they got? What sort of MOTs have they had? What sort of journey have they had to come here? What's the mileage like? Rather than just identifying someone and saying, okay, you're here to lose weight, well, let's go from a calorie deficit model, which I do think works for a lot of people. But if you've been on a calorie deficit for years and it hasn't worked for you, well, then it's unprofessional and unethical for me to do the same approach. So from, you, yeah. you made it like a controversial, well not really a controversial statement, some people might disagree with it, but you know, people say, oh well if the calorie approach isn't working, you're simply not on a deficit. Well, no, no, and this is, this is the interesting thing, so I, I, Luke, I was chatting to Luke a few months ago, and we talked about, well you're not on a calorie deficit, so you have a car, and your car's, you know, 
carburetor isn't working or the battery isn't working or the, the radiator isn't working how much fuel i put in or don't put into the car is not going to justify whether i get to the destination or not now the situation is like when you go on a calorie deficit and just for the listeners out there I'm not against the calorie deficit at all and I think it works, it does work and it works for hundreds of millions of people all over the world. However, the people that seek advice from a healthcare practitioner in any way, shape or form has possibly tried that method and it hasn't worked, which is the reason why they're in front of you in the first place. So when someone comes in to me, I do look at the calorie deficit, I do look at the sleep, look at bowel movements, I look at skin, I look at family history, I look at hormone profile, I look at blood chemistry. But it, it's naive enough, it's naive to believe that just cutting someone's calories is going to be enough for that body to actually burn fat off them when there's so many other fats, fats involved in it. And if they've done it before, well, that's even another point showing you that it hasn't worked for them. So I do believe that the calorie model does work for a lot of people, but when you go on, a, and again, I'm talking to you, Robbie, like I'm talking to a client for a second, but when you go on a calorie deficit diet, people reduce their calories by what? Reducing their macronutrients. They, re yes. they reduce one of the macronutrients, proteins, fats, or carbohydrates. Now, the majority of food in the world, if it was ever alive, it has all the, the three macronutrients in it. However, macronutrients aren't the only you know, intake of food that we need. We need two classifications of food, macronutrients and micronutrients. And have so many women deficient, so many women anemic. And if you have a woman that's anemic, but how is you, that happening? Well, because well, first of all, that's like a step back, though. But like, how how are how are women walking around anemic in this oh. day and age? How are people B twelve deficient yeah. when the food quality is it? You know, you know, people would debate it, but like we have access to vitamins, high quality food here. But and how are people walking in to our office well, so the, sick and unhealthy? Yeah, well, the quote Brian Walsh: "It's production, destruction, and loss," is what he says. Are you not producing enough the correct hemoglobin, the right size, the right concentration? You're losing them too much from your menstrual cycle every month, um, uh, production, or you're, you're breaking them down. You know, actually running, running has been shown. If you do excessive amount of running, you actually break quite a lot of hemoglobin down. But I've got women come in, Robbie, and the optimal levels of hemoglobin, and obviously it's going to be different for different countries. And what exactly is hemoglobin for some of the listeners as well? So, so how I explain hemoglobin is, guys, imagine you had to transport oxygen to hmm. every shop in Dublin. You want to be able to deliver that, that oxygen in a transit van. You don't want to be delivered in a mini, and you don't want to be delivered in an articulated lorry. Because you, one, if the mini is too small, you can't carry enough of it. If the articulated lorry is too big, you're not going to be able to get down the small roads. And that, in the blood chemistry, when you look at that, the cell, the average cell size is called the mean corpuscular volume or mean cell volume, MCV. And that would be the size of the cell. The hemoglobin is the actual van. It's the, the protein that carries uh, oxygen around the body. But you ask people, you ask them, like, what is your energy level like in the morning? One to 10 and you can't pick seven. You know, you know the golden yeah. rule, you can't pick seven. That's the rule. How, how do you feel in the morning? Well, about a four out of 10. Not good enough. That person hasn't got enough energy to do every single thing they need, they need to do that day. I use the phone as, as, a, as a sort of a linkage to clients. If you plugged your mobile phone in at night time and you woke up and it was at 40%, what would you do? One, you'd probably get a new mobile phone yeah. or you get a new charger. You wouldn't put up with that, but that's not good enough. If you were on a football so you can't team, get a new body, so what do you do? Well, well this is the thing, you identify <laughs> where, where the problem is, and, and that's the problem. What do you do, just put less, less calories in? That'll fix it. Oh, of course, yeah. If you're anemic, put less calories in. So anemia can be down to a multitude of things, iron, B12, B9, zinc, copper, so on. Loads of different things that are involved in anemia. But it's simplistic to say just eat more meat. Or what some people do is they'll give you iron supplements. If you want a constipated woman, give her iron supplements. You know, mm. and that's not what you want. And on top of that, you ask females about 
how many times you go to the bathroom a week and they'll say I'm very regular every Wednesday it's not okay to go to the bathroom once a week it's not okay to wake up 40% but guess what that's what people are doing the listeners out there now I ask you to challenge yourself even do this people out there now we do this talk all the time if I get you to close your hand and I want you to represent your, your fitness your health your well-being your vitality out of five five is you're feeling a hundred percent one two three four five on the way what are you right now I can guarantee most of the people out there did three because they don't feel they're fit enough to be four but they're not as bad enough to be yeah, two so but that's still 60 percent and what i'll say there is well well if they're only three out of five why is that and i, I don't know where i got this quote but i'm, I'm going to claim you know actually i made it up myself i'm going to steal it as my own but uh, if you listen to your client long enough they'll tell you what's wrong with them and if you listen even longer they'll tell that. you how to fix it think you you know? that from me, right? don't think it was but again if you are that three out of five identify why you're the three out of five and how can you address them factors to move forward yeah uh, but this this is the thing and actually i was just chatting today i was listening to john brownie's new book on the, on the way in I, I like john john makes things very simple but i thought he you know there's an einstein einstein, einstein quote that make things simple but not yeah. too simple so for me sometimes a calorie deficit doesn't work for everybody however if someone comes into you and they're three out of five there's something going wrong that needs to be identified that needs to be addressed but just put less calories in won't fix the problem so for, in my opinion people need to sit down they need to listen and they need to make it a, what we call a client or a patient-centered approach and that's what functional medicine is if you look at the functional medicine definition it's a patient-centered approach to the management of chronic disease now we're not dealing with diseased people no. but people aren't healthy and again jeffrey bland great quote the absence of the disease doesn't mean the presence of health but if you're rocking into me robbie at 40 percent you're walking in anemic well then my training has to be curtailed to do that your resilience to volume your sleep your recovery your mood your skin your focus your immune system your brain fog your cognition are all compromised and, and a lot of time as well when we have clients coming in whether it's guys or, or girls you know, they've been in severely uh, caloric deficits before, they have high training volume and high, high training frequencies, but if, like you've kind of just alluded to, if you're in a caloric deficit of macronutrients, you're always going to be in a micronutrient deficit. Always, So unless you're addressing that. Oh yeah, uh, in what sense? With exogenous or, or oral or intravenous micronutrients? But, yeah, but, yeah. But, the, but this is the thing, how many people out there listening right now are taking supplements? Do they need those supplements? That's debatable, is it? 100% debatable. Yeah. They're taking Barakadis, they're taking you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Centrum. Jesus, Centrum is terrible. They're going to Holland and the Barrel. Or Lidl, multivitamin. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, don't get me wrong, but these people are, are trying trying to do something different. They're trying to add these micronutrients in to help to enhance their health for cofactors and enzymatic function. But for those people out there, get a blood test done. Get a vitamin and mineral analysis done. Seek the health of a healthcare practitioner to find out what supplements you may need to supplement the top of your diet. And then the same people, Robbie, and this is, I don't want to get on a soapbox here, oh, I don't like supplements. They don't like supplements, but they eat processed food. Yeah. Any, any food that was never alive is processed. Cornflakes is processed. Bread is processed. No, bread. Natural, no. Oh, you me. see, so you never see. You don't come to see a Kellogg's cornflakes tree or Red Bull tree or you know a protein bomb tree. Like I, I know I'm a few years older than you, Robbie, but I walk into the petrol station yesterday and get my car filled. There's protein Snickers now. There's protein Mars bars. But just like if they add protein to it, it can justify anything at this stage, what right? They, what protein are they adding? Whey protein. Yeah. You know, processed protein. And again, that comes with all, with all of the issues. But uh, people are becoming more health conscious. And now it's trendy to be healthy. It's trendy to be more focused on your health and well being. However, with this becomes, 
you know, authorities and people that feel they're educated in the area. Now, don't get me wrong, there's some great information out there. However, any information shared on the internet, any information shared on Instagram, please guys, take out a pinch of salt. Even this content, take everything that myself and Robbie say with a pinch of salt because- Question everything. It's not for them. It, it's, a, it's a topic, it's an area of interest. But I wouldn't say to anybody, don't go on a calorie deficit diet because I don't know their diet. You know, I just finished a course last week on how people should investigate, well, what I recommend how people should investigate nutritional um, investigation, and I say, like, come, uh, diet detective. But too many people are given recommendations and they haven't assessed them. There's no physical examination, there's no measurements, there's no weighing scales, there's no skin fold calipers, there's no dietary evaluation, there's no mood, there's no sleep, there's no cognition, there's no energy assessment, but there's a calorie deficit recommendation. That is unprofessional. You do not give recommendations to somebody that you don't know their current state of health. You do not give nutritional recommendations to somebody that you don't know their health, their well-being, their nutrition, their digestion, their skin, their cognition, their focus, their libido, their medication they're taking. And you and I know when people take any medication, there's what's called a drug-induced nutritional deficiency. For every single medication you take, whether it's over-the-counter or a prescription drug, there's a vitamin and mineral depleted from your body, generally through cytochrome 450 enzymes and phase 2 detoxification. And if you don't know what those pathways are, and you're telling your clients, oh, this calorie deficit diet is fine, but they bruise really, really easy. If your clients are bruising really easy, there's a problem there. CoQ10 needs to be addressed. B-complex needs to be addressed. Are they on Lipitor? You know? which is a widely prescribed um, cholesterol medication. So, you know, you're, you're kind of talking about how, you know, you need to personalize your approach to the clients you see. So when someone is working with you in the clinic, how do, how do you structure a consultation? And can you talk a little bit more about, you touched on it there, but physical uh, symptoms of nutritional deficiency? Okay, so the, the few things that I, I try to get across at the very, very start is one way to come to see me. Because what's it, the why? What's their why? Yeah. Now, sometimes their visit to come and see me might be to lose weight. And what I say to them is, I have a magic wand. So, okay, if you had a magic wand now, what are your health wishes for me to help you with today? <clears throat> and then we say weight loss, improve energy, you know, maybe perform better in, on, the, on the court, in the, on the, in the MMA ring, whatever it may be. I don't really mind what it is. And then they link them down and they rank them. And then I ask them, well, why are these the goals? Oh, well, I feel like I'm, I'm not as energetic as I used to be. I haven't got energy to play with the kids. A friend of mine had a stroke. And people don't really do something about their health, Robbie, until something happens. There's a great book by Dr. Khan, Joel Khan. He talks about why dead executives don't get bonuses. People are burning themselves out and don't really address something until something comes up. So I want to identify where they, what they want to get from the consultation. Then they assess where they are. Oh, they assess where they are right now. Their health, their well-being, their food diary, the medical screening questionnaire, and then do a full physical exam with them. Then we identify where they want to go to. I like to talk, think about like a health sat-nav, where they currently are and where they want to get to, what their goal is to get to. Then, before we start off, this is crucial, before you start off on any destination, you need two points of reference. One, where they currently are, and two, where they want to get to. However, what most people do is they start coaching straight away. They start implementing techniques right away. I don't. Then I go back. I go back in and I assess what has happened with their health, their well-being before they've come in to see me. The day, all the days leading up to where they currently are right now. And then I work with them, I coach with them on what we can and can't do. But a lot of coaches will start off with maybe a calorie deficit or nutrient timing or a supplement or a training regime. For me, I don't. I, I interviewed them, I asked them what's going on in their life, what's their challenges. People know, like if I put 2,000 food items on the table, Robbie, you'd know what's good and bad, well, obviously you would, but your, your clients know. But why, we know not to eat donuts, 
We know not to have Ben and Jerry's every night, but people still do it. So people don't know, people don't necessarily want to know the science behind why they should and shouldn't eat donuts. They want the, the empowerment, the education, the, the, the structure, the framework to follow a plan and a plan that's built for them. If I say to you, Robbie, no, when you go home every single night, you're not to have dark chocolate, you're not to have dark chocolate. And every single time you open the fridge, what do you see? Dark chocolate, dark, dark chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. So I need to set the stage <coughs> for success. So for me, I need to understand and fully investigate where the clients are, and then I build a plan with them. You might say to some of your clients, well, no, you, I don't want any alcohol coming in for the next month, and they're like, they've lost you, they're like, no, this, this fellow. I'm out of here. I'm yeah. out of here. I'm gonna have wine no matter what he says. So you need to build a plan that's not only maintainable and doable, but it's personalized. So for me, I find out where they currently are, where they want to get to, we do a bit of investigation in the past, and then we work with a client to make the recommendations as personalized, as specific as possible, based off the findings, the physical exams, the interview, the food diary, and then we start off on the journey, but not before. But one thing I would say, when we start on the journey, who, who's driving the car, Robbie? The client is. 100%. And we need to, they need to know that we're their accountability coach. We, we educate them, we inform them, we inspire them, we motivate them. But at the end of the day, they're feeding themselves. You're just in the neighborhood, facilitator. They've got to do the work. Everything they eat, everything they drink, every time they go to bed, every time they don't go to bed, every time they train, every time they don't train, is taking them closer or further away from their health destination. And they need to know that. Because the reason why they've ended up where they are right now is because they haven't taken the health seriously. They've meandered through life. They've, and this is the thing, I'm not to go off, but I, we, I've done profiles on my clients coming in. Obviously my clientele may be different, but the OSI in general, our, our profile of our personal training clients, they're very successful. They're successful in their business, they're successful in their, in their life, and, and, and they've got that level of achievement. Why? From commitment, from compliance, from working hard. But for some reason they feel that they don't need to work as hard for their own health. It is inconvenient to be healthy in, on this planet. You have to actively make better decisions to be healthy. You can't just fall into a healthy lifestyle. Maybe if you live in the Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico, well, maybe not now, there's a yeah. But the point is, you're not on a desert island with everything there delivered for you. So, so people need to take accountability. They need to take, the, they need to take the lead person is driving the car. And if you're constantly going away from your health destination, well, then don't be surprised if you don't get there. So I know a lot of coaches are going to be listening to this podcast as well. So you talked about physical examinations for nutritional deficiencies. Now some coaches, they'll just assume, oh yeah, that's when you look at your client walk in and you might pinch them their skin faults. That's as far as their physical examination goes. But can you give some of the listeners, now I know physical examinations are more of a visual thing, yeah. but can you give anyone um, that's listening some examples of things you're looking out for on clients other than just you know, skin fault assessments? Well, this is the thing, way back when I, got a, I was lucky enough to get a job in a, an integrated medical practice, it was in 2000, um, and one of my jobs was to take the history. So I was taking the history for a homeopath, an osteopath, and a general practitioner, they were all in the one centre, it was in Clavera. And I was asking questions, Robbie, about stuff I'd know, like anal discharge and vaginal leakage and all that, I was, oh, gee, I was so embarrassed, I was only young for asking all these clients these questions. But when someone comes into you, whether they have dandruff, whether they have fungus in their toes, whether they have a skin issue, whether they have psoriasis or eczema, whether they, where their, their skin marks up really well when, when they get a scrape, or they bruise really, really easy, or their gums bleed, or they've got conjunctivitis, or they've got really dark earwax, they all start to paint a picture of that, this person's health. So what I like to think of it is, you've got trillions of cells in your body, trillions of little factories going on, and the body has a hierarchy. 
The hierarchy is like your brain, your liver, your kidney, your lungs, your heart. They're the hierarchy. Your nails, your skin, your, your hair isn't that important, really. So when nutrients are needed, they're actually you know, redirected towards, towards organs and organ systems that really need them to keep you alive. And the body has a process called homeostasis. And the only job of homeostasis is to keep you alive now. All the guys out there thinking about their gains and their big biceps and, and all the women thinking about getting big booties. If the body is in a, in a stress response, it will break amino acids down in your muscle to keep you alive. You get sick, you get injured, and, and then you're lying in a bed, your body will break itself down to keep you alive. So when someone comes in to me, I look at their hands, their nails, their ridges, their white spots. I look at, it, I feel the temperature of the hands. I look at the toes. I look at the hair on the lateral aspect of the of the calf. I look at the eyebrows. So, so all what, these, what the hell can the eyebrows indicate for a, a client? Yeah, w one thing I would say is these are all just indications. Yes. So so loss of hair on the lateral aspect of the eyebrow has been strongly linked to thyroid dysfunction. Now thyroid either hypo or hyper erratic periods are also linked to. Uh, thyroid dysfunction. Cold hands, cold feet, also linked to thyroid dysfunction. A goiter and an artery in the neck, I would start investigating the thyroid. Your eyes protruding or sunken in, I would also address the thyroid. And bowel movements, you're not going to the bathroom on a regular basis, I would also look at thyroid. So all these other things, you know, they're just giving you a red flag of where you might go into further investigations. If your mother or father is on thyroid medication, well then definitely get down that line. So there's all these things that would, and the, over time you become more and more aware of these things. But the more clients you see, and it's funny because I went to college to study physical therapy um, and I went off and did ART. When you put your hand on somebody and you feel the, the, the tissue tension, you feel the, the fibers, you feel the fascia, you feel the hydration, the temperature, you can tell whether someone's I'm not gonna say healthy or not healthy, but inflamed, fibrotic, like bodybuilding muscle feels very different than, than cross country runners. So the, the fiber orientation, the, the, the slow switch, fast switch, the, if you wanna call it the myofibular hypertrophy, the sacroplasmic hypertrophy, the, t the tissue, the hydration, the fascia, all these things give you an indication of what's going on. So when I see somebody, I'm doing a bit of a Sherlock Holmes on them, Robbie. I'm assessing like what's going on here. This person had maybe had braces in the past. Maybe this person had broke their jaw. Maybe this person had breast augmentation. I'm always checking that out, I'm joking. <laughs> um, actually, here's a good one for you. On, on the earlobe, decrease in the earlobe is highly correlated to cardiovascular issues. So the diagonal yeah. earlobe crease yeah, yeah, in cardiovascular issues. Yeah. And, and actually my uncle, it's funny, because my uncle, he, he passed away many years ago. Um, uh, he had a treble bypass. Um, and then that went okay. Then a few years later, he had to get a stent put in. And then he died from an infection from the stent getting put in. Like, seriously, you get over the big... So he's dying from the medication, essentially. Well, no, they put a stent in and he got an infection. But that's that's the treatment, so he died from the treatment, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so having a big operation at that, but he had a crease in his earlobe, um, which is, which I thought was interesting. So when I'm, you see these things, and the more you see them, the same way with posture. You see when a woman walks in or a guy walks in, their, their, their gait, their arm swing, their forward head, their rounded shoulders, you can start to maybe... Uh, not make you can make assumptions into the possible position they've been sitting in, in all day or the movement they've been doing yeah when you shake someone's hand and like i remember there's a, a famous boxer called darren sutherland he won silver uh, medal in boxing way back when and i was assessing him in the gym and he shook my hand and his fingers touched my elbow like this <laughs> his hands are massive so when you when you see somebody you can really start to identify what's going on also for another random point morton's toe is where your second toe is longer than your big toe 
it's highly correlated to methylation defects and a B6 deficiency. So when a woman comes in and she may be running a lot and having knee issues and you assess the foot and you see the second toe is longer than the big toe, well that's going to interfere with ankle mechanics, knee mechanics, low back. And then when you see people that have breast augmentation, if you've gone from a very low cup to a bigger cup, you get fascial deformations. You get rounded shoulders, forward head, you get a lot of um, lack of blood flow going to the rhomboids, a lot of trigger points. And then what do people do to correct the posture? They get massage in the rhomboids. That's not gonna fix the problem. So and any, any surgery, any, any postural, uh, you know, position they're in and walk with or driving or at a desk or whatever it may be is, we need to understand what that does to the fashion. Like our eyes are dilated based on the light in this room. The body temperatures, again, we're trying to calm it down. Our toilet is trying to help us with that. So when a client comes into us, I assess everything. If you take your socks off at nighttime, you have a big indentation on your, on your shin from your socks. That's not good. That's leading us to an edema issue, you know? So, you know, there's a, you would call it a debate online. People say, you know what, calories are king, hormones don't matter. You don't need to look at your hormones. And once I hear that argument, I, I immediately, um, red flag goes up for whatever, whoever is talking about that. But when we, uh, when we talk about hormonal dysfunction, you touched on it there with the lateral um, aspect of the um, eyebrow as well, thinning. But... You know, a lot of the population we would see would have hormonal dysfunction when it comes to low thyroid, or you could call it adrenal issues, or low testosterone, and all these hormonal issues that we're seeing. So, a lot of time when someone has a hormonal issue and they go to their GP, what's essentially happening is they're either putting on a, re a replacement dose to replace what they have lost, or they're on a, a medication for their thyroid or whatnot. But can like if that's a very very simplistic approach if i'm kicking you in the shin and i put a shin pad on you it'll help but it's not really addressing the issue so let's talk a little bit about um you know how cellular dysfunction and how a cell functions from like a micronutrient perspective can actually have a, a cascade um over how your body actually makes its own hormones and wh why are people coming into us all the time with all these hormonal dysfunctions why aren't they quote unquote optimized. Okay, so <clears throat> interesting question. So what I will do is, I'll, I'll talk about this, but Dr. Brian Walsh has a course on metabolic, I'll need to know about metabolic dysfunction on his website, Metabolic Fitness Pro. I, I won't do it justice covering it in a few short sentences here, but if you are more interested in it, he's definitely um, someone I go to. Also, he has an initial course called The Cell Blueprint, and how you fill in a questionnaire and it will highlight where, what aspects of the cell you can enhance. So first of all, Robbie, if we break our body down from an organism, yep. down to an organ system, down to an organ itself, break it down again, fundamentally the, the first form that we can be stressed under is from a cell health point of view. Okay. So we need to look at around every cell in the body, we have what's called a phospholipid membrane made up of protein, but mainly fats. So the fat that somebody has in their body or they've eaten over the last while will make up their cell membrane. So if I was to try to talk to you and you have your ears full up of dark wax, you wouldn't be able to listen to me. So when one cell speaks to another cell, the cell membrane is really like a barrier to that. Also, we have receptors on our cells, and these receptors will listen out for certain hormones. But if you're not listening to me, Robbie, or you're missing an ear, or it's full of earwax, you won't be able, we won't be able to communicate together. And we have all these trillions of cells in the body which need to work correctly. But let's say I stress you out, and this is a really interesting topic. When you stress somebody out, it can manifest in many different ways. So let's say I punch you 
I give you coronavirus, I insult your girlfriend, or I take money from you, or whatever it is. I give you emotional, physical, chemical stress. The body, from a hormonal point of view, will respond the same way. Well, how is that hormonal, you know, cascade? What happens? So what the body is trying to do is trying to, uh, trying to balance back down. So it, we, we are worrying about stuff. We, 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 people call it fight or flight. Fight or flight, in my opinion, has gone. When you're stressed, Rob, you don't run away or fight with somebody. When's the last time that happened? No, <laughs> not recently. No, not recently. <laughs> so the fact is, what we do is we tend and we befriend. We're juggling the stress. We're, we're, we're processing all mortgage and money and you know, jobs and targets and, and working from home and lockdown. And certain things will stress people in, in a different way. You stress a dog out, he will release cortisol. You stress a wolf out, he will release testosterone. So our bodies are, are built differently to respond to different stress. I get stressed out. I feel it in my belly. I feel a bit of digestive problems. You stress somebody else out, you know, they, they, they get heightened, they get hot, they get bothered, they get red-faced. So people, although they get stressed, and stress is different, like, well, I wouldn't feel that stressed about standing in front of people talking. Well, other people would hate that, you know? Some people get stressed out when they go to the gym, other people prefer to go for a walk. So everyone has a different, you know, level of resilience and what stresses them, what doesn't stress them. But from a hormonal point of view, from a cortisol, from an epinephrine, from, from a hippocampus point of view, it's all different. But if I stress you out, or I stress, my, let's say, Adam out, you guys, from, from a hormonal point of view, would, would be very similar, but the manifestation may be, you know, maybe you feel a bit low from it, or maybe Adam feels a bit angry from it, maybe you feel it in your skin flares, or maybe Adam feels it in his digestive system. So when somebody comes in, it is as important to find out what the stress is, but also how that person is responding to it. So when I put you on a, on a low-calorie diet, you could, your thyroid might go, you know what? I'm, I'm slowing things down here. This fella's not eating enough food. Or somebody else might say, this is a stress response. This is a massive problem. And then their adrenals might ramp so, up again. So you make a really good point there as well. Because you talked about the different types of stress. And most people would relate to stress as a physical stress. If they fall and hurt their knee or, or break a leg or an arm, that's their stress. But a lot of time, you know, we will identify stressors in clients and they'll go, I don't feel stressed. Yeah. But again, like blue, the blue light that's over our heads right now could potentially be a stress to our, you know, our circadian rhythm. But what yeah. other stresses are there that most people or most clients don't even identify as stressors? Because you mentioned chemical stress. Yeah. So, you know, drinking some alcohol or having a food allergy to chicken, which is quote unquote a healthy food. Because there, and again, like you said, a stress is a stress. So every time we're in an environment that produces stress, we have a cortisol response. Yeah. So, and, um, you know, people will debate whether cortisol is a stress hormone or it's an anti-stress hormone that's produced in the presence of stress. But let's talk about some of the yeah the other stresses that people don't identify. So this is the thing: stress can stress is a positive thing. So I use my hand as an example. I've got these welts on my hand from lifting barbells and dumbbells and so on. But the very first time you lift a barbell or dumbbell, you don't get them. They build over time, you get calluses and so on. So stress can come from many different ways. I'm gonna use my wife as an example. So her, her pollen, the pollen count has been quite high over the last while, and over the last, well, I'm gonna say summer, we didn't really have a summer, but the pollen count has been really high and it's been killing her. So I said, look, I talked to her about a few different things. I said, there's a certain foods that are in your diet that you're eating too much of. So let's just do an allergy test because I didn't do the allergy test because I wanted to know the results. I did the allergy test because I wanted to show her the results. It's very different when you want to get a client hmm. on board. So dairy came up and eggs came up because she eats uh, eggs all the time. And just so you know something, eggs are not dairy. If you see a cow laying an egg, that's when you know it's, it's not. I get asked that question all the time. So I said, okay, Susie, we're going to bring down the amount of eggs that you eat. Eggs are a good food. Yeah, they're a good food. food. But they were stressing her out. So they're not a healthy food for her? Not for her. So we reduced 
actually we completely eliminated eggs from our diet and we massively reduced our, our dairy now the same high pollen count doesn't affect her. So let's say you've. So what the hell is happening there? Where you know yeah. eggs correlate into you know well, well, this are responding better to a problem. When you're stressing the immune system, when you're stressing the immune system day in day out with eggs, like the eggs shouldn't be a stressor. But because she was overwhelmed with the inundation of, of, of eggs every single day, when pollen came into her immune system, the body was already overwhelmed. So it was that one straw that brought the camels back. It was the other stresses on her body already. So when she brought that back down, when pollen came in, she had the resilience and the histamine response to calm it down without hyperreacting to it. So stress can be from many different things mold toxins dehydration lack of sleep lack of sleep is a big one obviously the big issue and one of the things i say to the guys out there if you want to really identify whether your sleep is working or not you have a process in the morning called your car and your car represents your cortisol awakening response and the first 60 minutes upon waking your body should wake up correctly and what i say to clients is imagine imagine you're at a, a start of a, a track or a race and you wake up, that's when the hormones go, okay, let's go. But actually, in order for you to wake up correctly, all the people should be on the line ready to go. But if you wake up and you're dragging your ass for an hour, you need tea and coffee, that's showing me, one, you have circadian clock dysfunction, or you have social jet lag, you have also hormonal dysfunction. Because the gland in our body called our thymus gland, and our thymus gland will heavily control the autoimmune response to certain in our body. So the thymus gland will say, okay, you're the Navy, you're the military, you're the Coast Guard, you're the Guardi, you're the special branch. And it tells the, the immune cells what part they need to work at. But if we've got a poor cortisol awakening response, we've got low cortisol function, we increase the risk of autoimmunity. Well, guys don't know what they should be doing and they, they, you get what's called cross reactivity, where all of a sudden I'm not reacting to dairy, but over here gluten looks a bit like dairy and then you're reacting to these things. So you're putting too much immune pressure on the body and then, a stress that wasn't an issue in the past is now a big issue. And then you roll in poor food, calorie deficit, micronutrient deficient, poor sleep, dehydration, and stresses that would never bother you before are not going to be You mentioned a really interesting thing there. So people, you know, when they have shitty energy, what, what do they drink in the morning? A cup of coffee. Now, coffee is probably the most widely consumed drug on the planet. And you've got something that's stressed. You've got something that's not sleeping correctly, their circadian rhythms out of whack, their stress hormones are high, their sex hormones are low, and they're taking a stimulatory drug, essentially. And what sort of hormonal cascade is that having? It's not, in my opinion, it's not having a beneficial effect. No. They're burning the candle at both ends, they're actually putting themselves at more of a deficit. So how do we address that? Well, this is the thing, I love that comment, my mom was always saying, if you don't burn the candle at both ends, have you ever tried to do that? No. <laughs> it doesn't work, the bottom one won't light. But the fact is, when you take caffeine, but this is the thing, I like coffee. And if you said to me, oh, and you can't have coffee in the morning, that's going to stress me out. So that yeah. might stress some people out. So then what I say to people is, well, what's the, what, what's the terrain like, we, as we spoke about in the car? Yeah. If someone's having a coffee in the morning, why? Why do they feel the need for that outside stimulus to get their, their wake-up hormones and the cortisol? And do they enjoy the taste or they use it yeah. on the crutch? I, well, that's the thing. I love this thing, biohack. But the point, f fact is, well, what's going on around that? Have they had a good breakfast? Maybe they've had a super high cereal breakfast and brought their, their um, cortisol down and using it to boost it up. Maybe they haven't eaten enough food the night before or the day before. They've had poor quality sleep and they need that little bit of a you know jump to get them going. So for me, I like to give my clients solutions. But in order to give anyone a solution, you need to know the feckin' challenge. And the challenge isn't necessarily the coffee. It's the reason why they need the coffee in the first place. So, and this thing about snacking. I had a conversation with, with Seamus Fox recently online and we talked about brain health and snacking and food. You shouldn't be relying on snacks. 
If you're relying on snacks, it means that your meals weren't substantial enough. Or maybe you might need to add in more calories, and you might add in a different meal in. But people, and this is, I don't want to go off, Rob, because I know we're, we're tight on time. Um, but intermittent fasting is not for everybody. For God's sake, if you're already adrenally compromised, if you've got thyroid dysfunction, adding in intermittent fasting, yes, it takes a meal out, yes it narrows down your eating window yes it cuts the calories down yes it increases at autophagy and mitophagy and it's good for cell health and healing if you are healthy to start with but if you've got adrenal dysfunction and then you start doing intermittent fasting and the intermittent fasting everyone does is feckin skipping breakfast which kills me and then when they do that what are they doing to their adrenal glands trying to make their adrenal glands work over time because cortisol is the major hormone we use to bring our blood sugar up again but that's already low and then when we have compromised adrenal function we again to the front of our brain we have a part of our brain called a hippocampus which is vital to, to release what I like to call a, like a fertilizer for your brain, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF, and that will keep your brain young, keep your function, keep, your, keep Alzheimer's at bay and dementia at bay. But people do intermittent fasting to lose weight. The de deleterious effects later down the line from a cellular health point of view, from a hormonal imbalance point of view is not good. And then they consume way too much food before they go to bed which interferes with the detoxification, regeneration at night time, and then the whole vicious cycle starts again. So intermittent fasting can be very beneficial, but when you've done, you've, you've checked out what's going on from a stress point of view, everyone's stressed, Robbie. Everyone has certain levels of stress in their life, and stress is a good thing. It's when your body's ability to, and your resilience goes down that you can't come back to the stress, that's when the problem is. Every time you exercise, every time you don't have a good night's sleep, you're digging a hole. And if you can get out of the hole every single night, brilliant. But if you're if you're still if you can't get out of the hole, stop digging. So I want to go back uh, back around to cellular health there as well. Because so you talked about you um, cells and receptors, but you know you've got cells in your body in your adrenal gland to help produce cortisol. You've got cell uh, Leydig cells in the testes with uh, testosterone. You've got cells to help produce melatonin in your pineal gland, and you're good. So you know, healthy cells make healthy hormones, which make healthy humans. So make healthy organs, which make healthy organ systems, which make a healthy organ. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so if we organism. go back down into that cellular approach, now each tissue might require a different environment for the cell to work optimally, more different micronutrients. Yeah. But let's like we talked about adrenal glands quite a bit, and like hormonal optimization is a very popular topic. So. How can we optimize our thyroid, our sex hormones like our testosterone, our estrogen, and our adrenal glands? Is there any, like, will vitamin C help? You hear ashwagandha and all these nootropics, but how can we optimize the cell and put that in a good environment or terrain to make healthy hormones which make healthy humans? Okay, so, so first of all, one of the things that I, I think is important, to, we talked a little bit about there, but the phospholipid membrane. Okay, so phospholipid fat. Now, so we need good quality fats coming into our diet. Now, there's a great, there's a great saying, um, if there was a magic pill, there's not a magic pill, but it, people only take it half the time. So no matter, we can get the best oil, <laughs> but you have to do it every single day. So the first thing is we need to, we need oil change. So take your car, let's go back to our car, we need an oil change. So we make sure that we get the right oils in. Again, Eric has a great alpha omega supplement, olive oil, coconut oil, good quality oils, good butters, so good what are you, meats. So what are you looking for exactly? What I'm looking for is a lot of people have too much omega-6s. They have too much hydrogenated oils in their body. And that's why I look back. When someone comes in to me, <coughs> excuse me, I identify what fats they've been consuming leading up to the, their visit. But if somebody has a lot of cell dysfunction, a lot of dry skin, a lot of increased uh, skin on the heel, they, they're showing me they haven't eaten a lot of fats in their diet. Excuse me. <coughs> 
and they've got gallbladder dysfunction, but then I might look into something like adding in a fish oil for that person, or I'll just add some MCT oil in, or add some butter in, or coconut, or avocado. Next thing is, this is this is, was not a game changer for me, but it was a really aha moment. So I'm chatting to Brian Walsh, and he's talking about the pentophosphate pathway, or the sodium potassium pump. And the sodium potassium pump is basically how stuff comes inside the cell, and out to the cell. So it'd be like me talking to you, words come out my mouth and go into your ears and you talk to me and I listen. So it's how the cells communicate, or what they call cellular respiration. It, it attributes over 70% of metabolic function. It's massive. So I'm speaking to you now. In order for me to be able to talk to you and for you to listen, there needs to be a balance of sodium and potassium. And that basically contributes towards what's called intracellular fluid, the fluid inside the cell, and the extracellular fluid, the fluid outside the cell. So do you think the adrenal glands have anything got to do with sodium? Yeah, of course. 100%. So they work with the kidneys to control the testosterone and the sodium concentration in our body. So if I can't speak to you, no matter what I am, whether I'm a brain cell, a nerve cell, a ligament cell, a, a toenail cell, I can't communicate, I can't listen, I can't get nutrients in, and I can't, can't get waste products out. So I know this is going to sound absolutely stupid, but hydration. People are, are chronically dehydrated, and not only that, water is dead. We need to have some sort of electrolyte in the water for order for our body to take it on board. Now, we've had oil. We have sodium, potassium balance, electrolytes, hydration. Then we can start getting into the trace minerals. We can start getting into zinc and magnesium, vitamin D, vitamin E, all these other things that we need on a daily basis. And it's not, it's not occasional. And in my opinion, they're staples. The fish oil, in my opinion, is a staple. Vitamin D is a staple. And this is the funny thing when people, and this is, I get this all the time. I take those, I don't like taking pills, but I have a headache, I take a paracetamol, or I eat processed foods. If you want to be healthy, you need to, on a daily basis, be in addressing what the body needs. You need to breathe, you need to eat, you need to sleep, you need macronutrients, micronutrients. That's what you need to be alive. And unfortunately, a lot of people are adding in creatine and berberine and nootropics and alpha stem and all these things, alpha brain that boost. But ultimately, the foundations are essential. You need to get tested. So for me, when it comes to cell health, it's phospholipid membrane, vitamin D is essential. I look at, and also vitamin D, I think sometimes get the bad rap because vitamin D in its own won't do the job. We need A, D, E, and K all in conjunction for it to do its job correctly. Then we need a good balance of sodium, potassium, and hydration. We need people to be going to the bathroom on a regular basis. We need people to be sleeping. And then we can start adding in CoQ10. Then we can start adding in some like zinc, magnesium, zinc, magnesium, glutathione if it's needed. But there's no point. You're building a foundation, you're building a house on a rocky foundation. And clients want, and this is the thing, it's funny when you talk to clients, they want the result, they don't want the process. So we, the clients come into us and we think about snatching and cleaning and deadlifting and trap bar and this and that. They don't care. They were like, this is, is an end to a means. I'm here because I want to enhance my health, my well-being, you know, live longer, prevent the, the chance of a stroke or cardiovascular disease or high blood pressure. That's what I'm in here for. So, and I said, we've said this many times, Robbie, if you train five times a week, it only represents 2.9% of the week. And unfortunately, coaches will make it about them. It's about my program, it's about my diet, it's about my supplement plan, and it's not. And that's one of the things I talk about and all the courses I've ever taught about, it all depends. And Lane Norton, I don't know if you were there at that presentation. I was, yeah. So Lane was over in Ireland and I reached out to him and I asked him to come and do a staff training. And Lane's known for if it fits your macros and the calorie deficit. And, I, and, I, and I, again, I, don't, I never challenge people. I just put the question out there to him. Well, what if the person had this, this, and this? And he said, oh, it depends. 
And that's the answer. It depends. People don't like that, though. They don't. There's, there's 50 shades of grey. You know, it's never black and white. So, you know, but it, it, there has to be a personalised you know approach. What? You can't go on some macronutrient calculator then. No, no shit, Sherlock. And life, yeah. you know what? It's not easy. And this is the thing. When you do a nutrition seminar and a nutrition course and you realise the macronutrient def deficit you need to be in to cut weight and it doesn't happen, guess what? No shit, Sherlock. The human body isn't a maths equation. You know, it's not five plus five equals ten. That doesn't happen in the body. It doesn't work like that. There's so many other variables that need to take place. And the longer you're on the planet, the more metabolic dysfunction you can incur, the more dysfunction you might have, the more vitamin and mineral deficiencies you might have. It might mean that when you stress the body on a diet, it won't respond. If I give you a certain program, you won't respond. If you're taking steroids or you're a 21 year old man and you can bounce off the walls, no problem. Well, brilliant. But if you're a 50 year old stress executive, if you're a 45 year old woman trying to get pregnant, well, then it's a different approach. It's just a different approach. And I'd like to say it's simple, I'd like to say it's easy, but take onus of your health, realize that you need to do simple, as, as my friend Andre Benoit says, simple things done savagely well. Do the simple things. Eat the right food at the right time. Drink the right amount of food, get the right amount of sleep, take the right amount of supplement. But you can't, and sometimes people aren't at that stage where they can identify what is the right thing for them. And it might change. Maybe when I get older, you know, maybe I'll bring my protein down a small little bit. And we were talking about this. I think people overconsume protein, in my opinion. I think people need to have an adequate amount of protein from the right amount of sources. But people are eating poor quality processed protein and thinking that's the source. No, any food can be processed is going to be bad for you. So we need to get good, good quality food, good healthy digestion and make sure we're assimilating it. But if you're losing weight and your immune system is low and you say, well, I'm eating enough protein, but what type of protein is it? Is it whey protein from Snickers bars? Is it whey yeah. protein from Fulfill bars? No. Are you drinking your protein? Are you eating your protein? Yeah. All these other factors. Now that was great. So. Uh, just moving on a little bit towards the end now, like you've you've been uh, doing, been very productive over the the lockdown. You've launched a lot of courses, eBooks online. So, to be honest, I think other like for me personally, I don't think any other coach on the planet has spent probably as much time with you. Maybe besides Adam Ward himself. So, like I've had the luxury of seeing how you write programs, seeing what you perspectives and approaches you take with your clients nutritionally and whatnot. But now people that really can't travel to our events have the luxury of going online now and uh, following on Lacey Education and looking at the courses there. So give the listeners, because uh, I know there's loads of coaches listening, uh, give the listeners some insight about what sort of courses you've got online and um, where they can find out more and what content it's all about. Well, well, let's say first of all, when I decided to put the courses out there, I prefer live teaching, Rob. You know me, I like to get yeah. in front of people, have the crack, have the banter, you know, cover topics in the areas that people want to hear about. For me, all the education that I've ever done has always been about the attendee, making it suitable for them. Now, with the fact that we can't travel, I decided to put some of this stuff online. But they're not really long courses. They're four or five hours, some are even shorter. The point is, I want to give people information they can use in their business. So, of course... So, they're, mo they're mostly for trainers? But there's, there's a split. There's Most of the courses are for trainers, and there's, there's four or five of them for executives. So, it's for people that are looking to enhance their health themselves and which are ideal for training because then they can use those as coaching skills and then the rest of them are for coaches looking to improve their business improve energy systems program design there's a new one on nutritional investigation there's one on personalized nutrition plan i've got a book on strength and conditioning but i've tried to keep things short simple and uh, the kiss principle keep it simple sexy so the information is there it's usable and I, like to be honest with you it's not something that i really love to do but it, the, the situation the way it is but it gets it out to more people people can stop with my Irish accent, sometimes I get very animated, I can talk too fast, you can pause it, you can slow it down, you can go back to it again. 
so that's all online and the reason why i've done that is it allows us to share the information that we've learned over the world you know integrate with a network and community of people and actually towards the end of this month i'm going to do a webinar a series of webinars we're going to call it the educational summit breaking uh, news break, breaking news dr serrano <laughs> we've pinned dr serrano down so we've been generating questions from okay actually if listeners want to submit some questions they can do they so, can submit questions to the isi held instagram account yeah yeah and what happens is we'll we'll put them to eric so eric's going to do two presentations you're going to do a presentation i'm going to do a presentation so is uh, adam so it'll be about four or five hours of, of, of seminars covering different topics in hormone training recovery and uh, um, meditation flotation and so on so we're going to cover a vast array of topics and cover a lot of questions and answers submitted in by people and then in conjunction with that we're going to give a load of books away a few courses away a few float treatments away Dr. Serrano has a number of stuff he's going to add to that. So it's going to be a whole stack list of stuff. And the reason being is I love events. I love going to like the Swiss events. I love going to the IFM events where we get to network with people and chat. But we need to we need to realize that people are in a different situation now. They may not have time to travel away, but they still need to grow their business. So we want to share as much content as we can. And it's not all about me. It's not just my content. It's Eric's content, your content, Adam's content. So guys that are interested in that, if you just what we're going to do is we're going to set up a, a link on our Instagram where you can sign up through OSI Health or if you want to go to onlyacyeducation.com. It's free to register. Just put your name to a profile. So when all the information is coming out, you'll get an email about it and how to sign up. It won't be expensive. I think we're going to try to get the price down to €99. Euro, but the stack at the moment we have is over a €1,000 worth of content. Previous seminars, webinars, books, courses, and stuff like that. So it's going to be over thousand euro worth of content for a small fee, ninety nine, purely because Dr. Serrano is, is so educated. And this is the thing about Dr. Serrano; he could go off on any topic. So we need to we need to narrow him down yeah. and control him. And yourself and, and Robbie will be uh, yourself and Adam can give content to coaches in a similar situation as you can. Or you can maybe get down some different avenues. Of what I do was about giving the guys on, on the webinar the best experience possible and. The ability to go back and watch them whenever they want because yeah. i know everyone's busy and got family commitments and, and and their time is precious and this is really our our first online educational live event so you didn't mention an exact date but what month are you planning on it'll be, the, it'll be the end of august end, of, the august. end of august start of september and the reason why i haven't nailed it down is just the time zone with dr serrano and as a working physician with, with the situation the way it is his time is precious so we're going to sort of suit his time but what it will be is you can sign in live you can watch us live and you'll also get the recording. So if people can't actually join in live, they'll get this sent recording. There's gonna to be tons of content. If anyone has seen Owen or Serrano present before, you know, you're, you're getting your money's worth and even more. So uh, if the link is live, I'll put that into the show notes Great. of the podcast. If not, go on to ownlegieducation.com yeah. and uh, sign up to the newsletter there and you'll get all the posts about that. But Owen, I appreciate your time. That was amazing. And I'm sure I'm gonna have you back on in the future. No problem, thanks Robbie. Thank you all for sticking around to the end of the podcast. Really hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, I would really appreciate if you could head over to iTunes and give me a five-star rating. And also, even if you could share it on your social media, Instagrams, Facebooks, it would be greatly appreciated. Lastly, if you are looking for more details about the online event that myself and Owen were talking about, that's in the show notes. And you can also contact me directly on my Health Focus Instagram. Cheers, guys, and I'll see you on the next episode.